Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. We are excited to see many visitors. We have the Gardner-Webb women's basketball team here with us today and several other Gardner-Webb students here with us today. We welcome you. We are glad that you are here with us. We are excited for a Sunday that will look a little different than usual. Um, As everyone is aware and some are not excited about, school begins tomorrow for students and teachers, and so we, our, our best wishes and thoughts and prayers are with um, all who go back to school this coming week. But we're excited for a back to school Sunday today. We'll be blessing backpacks later in the day. And we're excited to have uh, Rusty Strap, who's the head coach uh, for baseball at Gardner Webb, here speaking with us today, as well as Julie Daves, who will be speaking. And so we are glad that you guys are here and willing to speak with us this morning. Tonight at 5.30 at the picnic shelter outside um, near the softball field here on our campus, uh, we will be having our annual church-wide talent show. We are glad that you are here with us today. We are excited um, that you have chosen to worship at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. My prayer this morning is that for each of us here today that we would prepare our hearts to worship our Lord.
be reading from Philippians verse 4 from 6, 7, and 13. Verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Thank you. Our hymn of praise this morning is found in your order of service as well as on the screen. We thank you, God, for teachers. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing. the children to come forward. If they have a backpack, they're welcome to bring it. If they don't have one, that's fine. We'll be doing everything just right. We need to take a poll here. I got every color imaginable up here. I even have James. 
Come on, boy, with your John Deere tractor bag. Can't miss that one, can we? Got the John Deere tractor. Well, I have just a little short little lesson before we bless our backpacks. How many of you, when you do something bad, doesn't have to be really bad, just sorta, what do you do? Do you have to ask mom and dad to say, oh, I am so sorry I did that? Do we have to do that? Sometimes do we have to ask mom and dad for forgiveness? Who else do we have to ask for forgiveness when we do something bad? We have to ask God, don't we? And what does God do after we have asked him to, to do that? What does he do? He forgives us. Well, I know this may not be exactly the same, but you're going off to school tomorrow. Some of you are. One of you've already, some of you've already started. But when you make a mistake at school, what do you do? Fix it. Fix it. How do you fix it? You take a pencil and you erase it, just like God does when you make a mistake. He forgives you. And with the pencil, you erase it. And that makes things right again, doesn't it? So, God and the pencil today are going to start school with you tomorrow. And when you reach in your book bag tomorrow and you see this pencil, I want you to think about the fact that God forgives you, your mom and dad forgives you, and this little pencil is going to erase whatever you do wrong until you can learn to do better. Can we do that? I think we can, because I know every single one of you is going to have a super duper year, and you're going to be the best person you can be to everybody. Keep a smile on your face. Help those who need your help. And remember that not only everybody in this church, but we love you and God loves you. So what I want you to do now before I give you out the pencils is I want everybody to stand up, put your backpacks on, and I want everybody in the church, put my pencils down. You don't have a book bag. We'll bless your backpack anyway. It's at home. It's at home. I would like people in the congregation who have the job of education, whether you're in the classroom, whether you're a supervisor, whether you're a principal, an administrator, for the little ones, it's all the way up to the big ones, if you would please stand. All educators, please stand. Now, I want everybody to look around. Find someone you may know. Find someone you may not know. Focus on them as we join together and read the litany. It's in your uh, bulletin. As we begin this school year, we give thanks that God has given us the ability to learn many things in many ways. We learn in school, but we also learn in church, in our families, and in our community, and in the world. The Bible tells us that Jesus learned and studied 
just as we do. We ask God's blessings on this new school year, that it may be a time when we appreciate and fully use God's gift of learning. We ask God to bless our classmates and our friends. We ask God to bless those who prepare lunches, those who drive kids to school, and those who keep our schools clean and safe. We give thanks to God for books and computers and all things that help us learn. We give thanks to God for the gift of Now I would like the children to grab a book bag, put their hand on it, and help us bless. Find you a friend, touch a bag, and let us pray. We pray our school will be filled with love. We pray our learning will be full of truth. We pray our playground will be full of joy. We pray our friendships will be full of forgiveness. We pray our teachers will be full of wisdom. We pray our community will be full of hope. May we run with your love, build on your truth, play with your joy, share with your forgiveness, rest in your wisdom every day. Lord, we lift these children, we lift these students from Gardner Webb, we lift these administrators and staff as they each in their own way be excited for tomorrow, be excited to walk in a new day. Lift them up, Lord. Give them strength. Give them that faith that they are beginning to learn or have learned and let them use it to show that smile on their face. Protect them, Lord. They are precious not only in your sight, but ours. It's in your son's name. Amen. As I began to pray and think a few months ago about Back to School Sunday, I thought, well, as the pastor, I need to have a good sermon on this day for Back to School Sunday to charge all of the kids and youth to be, you know, those good students and listeners and learners that, that uh, they should be and a good charge for the teachers and administrators that were within our church. But as I began to think and pray and, and uh, about what the Lord would have me to say, I kept, I kept having this feeling that I, I, don't, I don't need to be the one to preach on Back to School Sunday. And I began to pray about that and explore that a little more in my own thoughts and prayers. And the Lord led two people, uh, placed two people on my heart, one of which was Julie Daves, who I think almost everyone in the room would know. But Julie is, I think, a lifetime member here at Bowling Springs, but is so very faithful in the Cleveland County Public Schools, both with her her past teaching, but present role in uh, what she does. And so Julie is going to uh, share some this morning and I think uh, have a greater impact than, than I could have had uh, with, what, with her words. And then I've also asked Rusty Strapp, uh, men's baseball coach at Garden Webb, to share a word. I've gotten to know Rusty through, um, through his son JT and being involved in the youth. And Rusty's here on, on uh, several Sundays out of a month. And so Rusty, we're always glad to have you. And we look forward to, to Julie and to Rusty, each of you sharing with us 
um, things that the Lord has laid on your heart. I've asked him to speak under the theme voices of influence. We've all had people in our lives that have spoken into our lives. When we maybe thought, I can't do this. I don't know if I can do this. We've had people that have said, you can do this. I'm praying for you. I love you. What can I do to support you? What can I do to encourage you? And uh, I would challenge you now to begin to think about those individuals that you've had growing up that have spoken into your life, that have encouraged you and that have challenged you. We've got young children in the room. We've got youth in the room. We've got a lot of college students. And by the way, welcome uh, once again, college students that are here today and hope you, got, hope you guys have gotten off to a great year this year. But we've all had people that have spoken into our lives and because of that, we are the better for it. And so how can we now turn that around and speak into the lives of others? And so Julie and Rusty will be addressing that this morning and talking of different ways that you can do that, uh, both in the Cleveland County Schools and in our community. And so guys, we're grateful and, and appreciate your willingness to come and know we'll continue to be in prayer for you as you do that. Kids, I know they've dispersed now, some have left, but we will continue to remember them. Please pray for them that they will have a, a peaceful year and uh, uh, that the Lord will protect them there in their school classrooms, and that, um, that they would have a wonderful year of learning and growing together. Let's be mindful of our country today and all the different concerns that we are faced with. Uh, I know we have uh, just a terrible situation in Texas right now. Let's continue to pray for protection and provision for the people there that are struggling with uh, the hurricane and with torrential rains and wind and devastation. Let's also be in prayer for our country in other ways as well as we continue to battle different issues that we hear and read about uh, daily. And uh, let's be mindful as well uh, each week as we have those who are sick and, and grieving and those who are struggling with difficult situations at this time. Will you join me now in a moment of prayer? <clears throat> Almighty God, we thank you for being God. We thank you for... Um, your awesome presence that is within our lives and in this place today. God, as we think about your majesty and how great you are, Lord, it's, it's humbling to think that you care for us in the details of our lives. You're not a God that created everything and simply stepped away, but Lord, you're involved in the details of our lives and in the details of your world. And Father, we confess sometimes we simply have a hard time making sense of it all. We see so many things that are discouraging, that are devastating. But Father, we do know that you're on your throne. We do know, Lord, that you are an almighty God. Father, we lift up these concerns to you today. We do pray for these in Texas. We pray for protection and provision for them. Lord, it's not gonna be a, a quick fix for many there, but Lord, we do pray uh, for all those who will be assisting and those at this hour, Lord, who are in dangerous situations. Father, be with the workers, emergency workers, and all those uh, affected by this hurricane. Lord, we lift up our country in other ways today. We pray for our president and leaders and all the different issues that exist within our borders and even internationally. Lord, we pray for peace, protection, for wisdom on behalf of our leaders. Lord, we pray for those here today that uh, come in here with heavy hearts. Lord, many in the here may be struggling with grief and we pray that you would be the good shepherd and walk beside them in the midst of that grief. We pray that you would be the God of refuge and strength and a very present help to all who are in trouble, to all who are, in, who are all who are grieving, and to all who are dealing with decisions that, are, that they are faced with in the coming days. Father, give direction to those who are seeking your will and your direction with uh, decisions that need to be made in life. We pray, Lord, they would look to you, they would put their faith and trust in you. God, we do pray for uh, each one here today. Speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to. Challenge us and convict us 
in ways that are very personal to us. Lord, we're grateful for this church, grateful for the community, grateful for a good university across the street. We ask for your blessings on each student that is here today from Gardner Webb. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We commit this time to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, amen. like you're a bunch of middle schoolers. So raise your hand if you get the devotions that Dr. Alice Cullinan, 
because we were able to sign up for those if we'd like to get them. Raise your hand if you get those devotions. Anybody? All right. Raise your hand if you read yesterday's devotion that she sent. Okay. It was on a class that she was teaching um, sometime about spiritual gifts, and the student was so excited to be learning about spiritual gifts. And so she, Dr. Cullinan said she came up after class and said, Encouragement. I feel like that's one of my spiritual gifts. And Dr. Cullinan, I feel like you did a great job today. So encouragement, I do feel like, is one of my spiritual gifts, encouraging students. But public speaking, speaking in front of adults, I don't necessarily feel like that's one of my spiritual gifts. So bear with me today. I do feel like speaking in front of people is probably one of Rusty's straps, spiritual gifts. So I asked to go before him today (laughs) so that I won't look so bad coming in after him. Where's Kelsey? Good job today, Kelsey. You read my favorite Bible verse. I walked yesterday, and that's the Bible verse, Kelsey, that's on the Boiling Springs Florist sign, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And um, so thank you for reading that today, Kelsey. There's a poem up on the screen. I hope it's up on the screen. And I'm going to be sharing that today as I start thinking about voices of influence and how we can be voices of influence. Heather Bridges, who is counselor at Boiling Springs Elementary, is here today. And she um, shared this on Facebook in recent weeks. And I love this. Because I Ain't Got a Pencil by Joshua T. Dickerson. I woke myself up because we ain't got an alarm clock. Dug in the dirty clothes basket because ain't nobody washed my uniform. Brushed my hair and teeth in the dark because the lights ain't on. Even got my big sister ready because my mama wasn't home. Got us both to school on time to eat us a good breakfast. Then, when I got to school, the teacher fussed, because I ain't got no pencil. If you have ever worked in education as a teacher, counselor, custodian, coach, principal, assistant principal, front office staff, school social worker, in any way, and I know we've already done this one time, but I want you to do it again. Stand up if you are anywhere in education, or retired, even retired, please stand. Look at all these people. Any of these people could be up here sharing today about voices of influence. Thank y'all for standing. In the lives, in their lives, and how we can be voices of influence in the lives of children who don't always feel like they have a voice. And I would like to add that that last sentence, the the last part of the poem, when I got to class, the teacher fussed because I ain't got a pencil. I don't really know of any teachers in this room or any in the schools where I work who would fuss at a child for not having a pencil. But over the years, I have worked with some teachers who did, and it just really made me cringe every time. I'm not sure why Keith asked me to speak today because a lot of you could have done this. Um, Maybe it's because I'm beginning my 34th year in education, 29 years in the job I'm doing now. Um, I get asked a lot, why haven't you retired? Honestly, 
um, I started out in the classroom. I taught social studies, seventh and eighth grade social studies. And it was a tough job. It is very demanding. Classroom teachers have a very tough job every single day. I loved it, and I'm very, very thankful for that experience. But it was tough. One of the first people, other than my parents, that came to mind when Keith asked me to speak about voices of influence in my life and how we can be voices of influence in the lives of others was the name of a lady called Jessie Ogburn. Mrs. Ogburn was a social studies teacher at Shelby Junior High years and years ago when I first started. I was young, I was a brand new teacher, I had a lot to learn. I wasn't even certified in seventh and eighth grade. I was certified high school, nine through 12 social studies. Mrs. Ogburn uh, just kept encouraging me, you can do this, I'll show you how to do lesson plans, I'll show you some tips about what I'm gonna be doing. She honestly was a lifesaver. And I have remembered that over the years and always tried to be an encourager to new teachers because it is tough coming into a new building. Um, Jesse Auburn's just doing what many teachers do, helping out the new teacher on the block. And I'm sure everybody in here has done that. I saw Ms. Ogburn recent years. She's been retired for many years. She didn't even think anything about it. She probably, she said she really didn't even remember helping me that much. But I told her what a big help she was to me. So she was that voice of influence to me. And I wanted to be a good teacher like her. I had students in my classroom that first year who were like the children in the poem, the ones who didn't have the pencil. And um, you know, I just felt for those students. Classroom teachers, though, they're busy. They have 25 or possibly more other students in their class. And it's really sometimes difficult for them to listen to those stories about why they don't have a pencil, why they don't have a backpack, because they got evicted last night. They don't have their backpack because it got locked up when they, when they got evicted. They can't, the landlord won't let them get their stuff out. Um, they don't have a pencil because there, there aren't any pencils at home. No power. Lots of stories that teachers would like to be able to hear, but honestly, they truly don't have time. That's why counselors and social workers and others are so important in the schools. And the job I do now, which is as coordinator of the ACTIVE program. It's a mentoring tutoring program to match positive adult role models with students referred to me by the teachers, the counselors, school social workers, sometimes administrators, sometimes even parents. I get to spend more time with those students and work closely with others in the school to make sure that we try to help each of those children. I'm not retired yet because I still love what I do. And I'm gonna share with you just a little bit today about how we can, how you all can help as well. My main responsibility at Crest, Shelby, and Burns Middle Schools is to match students who are referred to me with a positive adult role model from the community. I have had the privilege of working with so many wonderful volunteers over the years, and they truly are the ones that are making the difference in the lives of the students. By just being that special encourager, you can do this, I'll help you. I know you didn't get your homework done last night because you didn't have any lights on, whatever. These volunteers are the ones that are doing the work each week. My job's easy, all I have to do is match them up, get the referrals, 
These volunteers are the ones that are making such a difference in the lives of these students. One hour a week, really 45 minutes, but one hour by the time you drive to the school and back. Doesn't sound like a huge commitment, but it is a huge commitment and so important to so many students, even middle schoolers. Um, a few of the success stories, um, and there are many, I've been doing this a long time, I still get texts from former students who now have children, they're on, who are in school. Um, but I remember um, Jeremy, didn't have a father figure, many, many anger issues. Many days he came to school mad. Seventh grade was especially hard. Got in trouble, didn't always do his work. There was a lunch buddy who had started with him in elementary school. Probably matched as a lunch buddy by one of the counselors, like Heather or the counselor at Springmore. Um, so that volunteer continued to come. He had made such a difference for that life, in the life of that child. He continued into middle school. Not necessarily always at lunch, but continued to come weekly, listening, caring, encouraging, saying, you can do this. Being that voice of influence, encouraging the student to become involved in sports, which for a lot of male students and female students, sports are a great thing to become involved in. The volunteer became even more involved, went on a home visit, met the mom. As the child got older, he even took him to some Gardner Web games, let him work some odd jobs. Volunteers aren't always this involved, but can be. Um, that volunteer just recently saw me, actually, last week. And uh, that student actually graduated from high school, is now working at Clearwater, being a very productive citizen. He has married and is now really doing well, still stays in contact with that volunteer that he was matched with in elementary school. The volunteer said, the student called me and he is doing well enough that he actually would like to help some students with back to school supplies. So, wow, just amazing. Another student, one of my favorite quotes from this year is from a girl that um, has worked with her mentor, I think since sixth grade at middle school. Um, she mainly lived with her dad, mom was in and out of the picture, so she really didn't have a female role model. Um, she was. Primary, I mean, really, she was the one that took care of her little brother. She really connected with the uh, volunteer that we matched her with, um, and her mentor was so consistent, came every single week, never missed, unless she was out of town. Their uh, relationship really, really became um, even stronger in seventh grade. And in eighth grade, this volunteer, um, the student was really, really struggling and wanted to go on the eighth grade field trip to Washington, D.C. Well, this student's probably, probably not ever been out of Cleveland County. So that volunteer agreed to pay part of the deposit, and uh, we got other people to sponsor that student, and she actually got to go on the field trip to Washington, D.C. last year and was absolutely thrilled to death. But my favorite quote from her about her volunteer is up on the screen. And I keep this posted above my desk. I'm just so glad that you're my person. She told that to her mentor last year. So all of us need a person in our lives. And so that, that volunteer was her person, somebody that she felt like she could trust, that she could listen, and she knew she would listen to her every single week. 
Now they struggled to get her grades pulled up because she had to have a certain grade point average to be able to go on that trip, but they did it. They worked every single week on science and listened to each other, um, talked with each other. Many of our church members here are already mentoring, tutoring, being a reading buddy, a lunch buddy. Um, if you are already doing that or have done it in the past, many of you could share these success stories. I want you to stand at this time. I want you all to see who all is already doing this or has done this in the past. Stand if you've already been a part of the program anywhere, middle school, elementary, anywhere. Look at all these folks. Any of them. Let's give them a hand. Cindy Campus um, is going to come up and just, a lot of times people are scared to do this. It is a big commitment. Cindy, if you'll come on up. She's just going to tell just briefly from a volunteer's perspective um, that it's not, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a scary, scary thing. I'm going to let Cindy tell a little bit about it. And then Debbie's going to be putting up on the screen um, some ways that you can be a mentor. Cindy. Mm -hmm. Good morning. Serving as a lunch buddy at Crest Middle School this past year has just been a wonderful blessing and a very rewarding experience. It's a great opportunity to make a difference in the life of a young person. My student's name was Nancy, and I first heard about Nancy in our Sunday school class. My friend Pam Nolan, who teaches at Crest Middle School, shared a prayer request for her in our class one Sunday morning. And my heart was broken for what Nancy was experiencing in her personal life as a young 13-year-old Hispanic student. I had been praying about a ministry of tutoring or reading with students at our local Bowling Springs Elementary School since I've spent lots of years with elementary age, skill, age children as a school nurse throughout the years, and I, I really love elementary age children. However, as I began to pray for Nancy and her family at the request of Pam, I began to feel a spirit-led conviction to her, even though I had never met her. So when Julie approached me about being a lunch buddy to her, I knew right away that that was what God was leading me to do. We met during her lunch break, and. We talked about everything that's important in the life of a 13-year-old girl. Nancy began to share openly about her family life, struggles, school, her pets, her future goals, and personal concerns. We celebrated her successes in school and celebrated holidays and her birthday in the privacy of either an office or the small conference room where we would meet. Julie and I were also very blessed to deliver Christmas goodies and gifts to the family. I believe that as the body of Christ, we can do a lot of good things, but as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been given a mandate, haven't we, to speak of our faith and to encourage others in their walk with the Lord. I prayed many times with Nancy there in the privacy of that little room. On the last day that we met together, I took some small gifts, the very best gift being a teen study Bible. 
I had shared with Mary, Mary Newcomb, that I wanted to give Nancy a Bible, one that she would read, that she would study, and that she would be able to apply to her life. Mary graciously gave me that Bible that I presented to Nancy. I wrote on the inside, John 3:16, for God so loved, drew a blank, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I gave Nancy a red pen for her to fill in her name, and I asked her why I had given her a red pen, and she answered, because of Jesus' blood. I praise God that he calls us to make a difference in the lives of children and young people, and he also gives us a boldness and courage to share with them the reason for our faith. I would encourage you guys, if you feel led by God, to um, serve as a volunteer in some form in one of our local schools. It may make a lasting difference in the life of a child or a young person. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. So on the screen, you've seen ways that you can do exactly what Cindy has just talked about. Be there, listen, be a friend. If you don't feel comfortable doing this, that is okay. It is not for everybody. It doesn't fit in everyone's schedules. Our church is already doing a lot of great things already. If you don't feel comfortable doing this, look at some of the ways that you are already helping or could start helping with some of the ministries that our church is already doing. The Lunch Buddy, the Reading Program, the Food Backpack Ministry. Miss Ellen's got some things down here. Many of you bring things every week. Our church sponsors Boiling Springs Elementary for the Backpack Ministry. Please bring items for that. If you don't feel like you can volunteer, that's a way that you can be a voice for a family. We also have our wonderful food pantry. Many of you donate to that every single week or your Sunday school class does. Bring food for the food. Many of our families are served through our food pantry. I've even called for a family in Shelby before because I knew my church would let me come get food. So it doesn't have to be just one school. Please spread the word for families that need food. I've also um, know the social worker at Bowen Springs Elementary, and she has bragged on Ellen Humphreys. Those social workers, uh, my sister Catherine Hastings is a social worker at Township 3. She has churches she calls in that area. So if you would be willing to, you know, help Ellen, go buy socks for a child when she gets a call from that social worker, or whatever the need might be, these are some needs. If you see something up there that you are interested in, these are all needs that counselors, school social workers, teachers, any of us have in the schools that we get asked for a lot. I get asked for deodorant, chapstick, help with field trip money, the drawstring backpacks like they take their PE clothes in, uh, mechanical pencils. A lot of the students I work with would love to have a mechanical pencil. Um, all those things up there that you see. The next way we can be voices of influence for families. Many of our families need laundry detergent, toilet paper, um, supporting the food. Those are all things you could bring to the food, the food pantry, and Ellen would distribute those. And then lastly, if you don't feel comfortable being a mentor for a student, 
ways that we can support our teachers and staff. And this is the challenge that I wanted to give to our church today. These are some things I don't think we're currently doing. And I'm going to challenge us. I've got two sign-up sheets down here. At Shelby Middle School, one of the schools where I work, for many years I have had the same prayer partner. Central Methodist in Shelby partnered with our school many, many years ago. They provide backpacks for our school, as does Zor Baptist Church. We, I have the same prayer partner that selected my name years ago because I wanted a prayer partner. So I'm going to ask that if anyone after the service is interested in being a prayer partner for an adult in the school at Boiling Springs Elementary, we're going to start with Boiling Springs Elementary because that's where we already um, are doing the backpack ministry. We have a lot of Springmore staff in our church as well. So if we got enough people signed up, adults who would like to be a prayer partner for an adult, a teacher or a staff member in the school, then we'll expand to Springmore. I don't think they currently have that. I talked to Elena Bryson. The other thing that we would like to do for Bowling Springs Elementary teachers to support them is take snacks, maybe once a month. Maybe Zor Baptist does this for Shelby Middle, one of the schools where I work. So if those are ways that you feel like you would like to help, please sign these sheets down here at the end of the service. Um, and we would love to, I think that's one way that our church can do even more than we're already doing to support the schools. And at last, the last thing, just going to put that little quote back from that student. Think about this, pray about this. If you are interested in any way, I'm just so glad that you're my person. If you feel like you can be that person for a student or for a teacher, there are a lot of teachers struggling too. As I went back for work days this week, we have a lot of teachers. Uh, one of my friends found out this summer that her husband's got colon cancer, uh, uh, pancreatic cancer. Her elderly mother lives with her. There are so many teachers who would just love some extra support as well. So think about those things. And um, thank you so much for all that you already do for our schools and our staff. Thank you, Julie. Our hymn is Grace Alone. The words can be found in your order of service and on the um, screens as well. So if you're able, please stand and join me in singing Grace Alone.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for this day in worship. We thank you that we have the chance to bless those that will return to school, those that work in schools, and those that attend school. And we thank you that in our country we have the opportunity for an education for everyone and that this is a blessing that we should never ignore. It enables us to read your word. It enables us to get the skills we need for good jobs and a good life, and we thank you for that. We just thank you for all the many blessings that you give us, and we just ask that you would show us how to more and more share those blessings with those in need through our offerings and through our time and our talents. And we just thank you for all that we do have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I have confessions to make before I start. My first confession is that I'm well aware that whatever moment I finish, everybody's gonna look at their watch. <laughs> I get that. 
So I'm, trust me, I grew up Presbyterian, but I know uh, in our hometown, the Baptists always got out way later than us, and we beat them to the line at the Triple H. Um, <laughs> but I'll do my best to keep my Presbyterian 12 o'clock as much as possible. But I feel like I do uh, have to share a couple things. I also have to confess I was a little concerned about some heckling going on today, and I mentioned that a little earlier. I think most of the heckling would come from somewhere in that section. Took a look at the choir, probably a few from there. I know we got some baseball players just saying they're letting him speak. We have to listen to him preach every day. Um, so I decided what I would do is heckle myself a little bit first uh, to get that out of the way so they wouldn't have much material left because I'm going to be talking on voices of influence and I'm going to talk about how they influenced me spiritually um, and in terms of um, some supposed talents that I have about writing and about public speaking and then about sports. So I'm well aware that I can get out preached by Keith at any moment. I'm also well, well aware that um, Catherine Hammer would outright me at any moment. I'm also quite aware that Jerry Bryson would outcoach me at any moment. <laughs> and I'm also aware that there's a row of ladies over here from the women's basketball team that could outjump me at any moment. So I've heckled me, now I'm ready to start with the voices of influence in those areas that I just mentioned. And again, when you talk about spiritual influences, most people go back to their parents, and I do too. Uh, one of the greatest spiritual influences to me as a voice of influence was my dad. And he was actually our junior high, back when they used to have junior highs, uh, not middle schools. He was, our, um, he was my Sunday school teacher which made him the de facto youth group leader because we didn't have those. So he took us on the trip that Alan takes all our folks on now and was a great spiritual influence on me. But also I had Sunday school teachers, I had pastors, I had people who had gave me things, voices of influence that I continue with today at the age of 53 now, okay? So that was one area. Another area was, um, in writing. I had some English teachers in school that throughout my years would say, you have a talent for writing. Your grammar is not good, but somehow you're able to put ideas on paper that people enjoy reading. Thanks for the grammar stuff, English teachers. Um, and as that went on, uh, 15 years of writing columns and two books later, there would be people who might disagree with my teacher's assessments, uh, but they were at least voices of influence that encouraged me in those areas. And I actually had a, a public speaking teacher in college told me that I might be able to survive situations like this someday, so I thank her wherever she is now. Um, and then in sports, we're all gonna mention if we played sports, coaches who had voices of influence on us. And I would too, from little league to uh, junior high to high school to college, but not just in the sport of baseball. I played football and basketball too, and I remember these folks. and. Again, I decided not to take the time to mention names you would never know. They know who they are and they know what influence they had on me. But there was a moment and a story I'd like to share about a voice of influence in my life involving sports. And it happened when I was six years old. And I decided at six years old that the most important thing in my life was baseball. And that's what I wanted to do. So my mom, who was a school teacher and would have stood up today had she been here, um, but she's not. She's still here like on earth. She's just not here 
today. And she's actually heard this story that I'm about to tell you because I made sure she got to hear it when I shared it for the first time. Um, when I was six years old, Mama's school teacher, she, she had her summers off. She took me to this little place where they had played ball each morning. You got on a team, and I was on a team, and I was so excited to be on a team, and baseball my, was my life. But there was a problem when I was six years old. I, I was no good. I could not hit the ball. I could not catch the ball. But the thing I loved most was baseball. And I loved going every day. And mom would take me there, and she would sit up on the hill with the other mothers whose sons were hitting the ball all over the place and watch her son swing and a miss, swing and a miss, over and over and over again. And in every game, I would strike out every time. And I would go up to the top of the hill, and we would get in the car and ride home. And she would say, it's okay, it's okay, you can get them tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be a better day. And I'd say, yes, I love it, I love it. Deep down, my mom's heart was breaking because she knew that I was terrible. But Colossians 4, 6 says, use words of grace. And I heard a pastor talk about grace as an analogy recently in terms of grace teaching us. Titus 2.12 says grace actually teaches us. It doesn't just save us. It also teaches us. It teaches us how to soar. So the analogy he gave and that I would share with you is that it's like a trapeze artist. Those trapeze artists are up high and they're on their platforms and they're jumping off and swinging and catching each other and all that. And the reason they can do that without fear of failure is because what's below them, which is the net. Grace is the net. Grace is there when you fall. Grace doesn't only catch you when you fall, grace allows you to soar because the knowledge of knowing the net's there allows you to soar. So that's what grace does. Beyond just catching us, it allows us to soar. Of course, the goal of the trapeze artist is not to fall in the net, it's to soar. So this voice of influence in my life every day was picking me up out of the net where I had failed and placing me back up on the platform and saying, you can do this tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be a better day. So a better day came and it was the day, uh, three greatest moments of that time period in my life, maybe ever. One day I got a walk. They didn't have coach pitch, they didn't have tees. I just didn't swing three times before I got the four balls and I got the touch first and it was the greatest moment of my life and my mom was there. And then, um, then it was only a few days later we were playing a game and the bat that I was swinging hit a ball. <laughs> it was foul and it went toward my coach on the bench who was a mean guy who said mean things about how I couldn't hit the ball and it went right at him which is exactly where I aimed it. And, <laughs> And it was foul, and it was the second greatest moment of my life. I came up the hill, I said, Mom, I foul, it hit the bat. Oh, son, that's great. Picked me up, put me on the platform, like Grace does. Then magic occurred. I hit a ball, fair. And it went to the first baseman who tagged the base before I was even halfway to first. But who cares? It was the greatest moment of my life. And we went and got ice cream. What I look back now and realize is that that voice of influence had an impact, not just in sports, but dad and mom in my life going forward. What if in one of those trips home, my mom would have said, you know, 
I don't think this is for you. I know you like it, but maybe we should go try to play piano. Maybe we should try to do something different. You're just not gonna make it at this. Well, I did make it at that. The next year I hit more balls fair and some of them they couldn't actually catch. And then the next year after that, I started hitting more and more, and by Little League, I was an all-star, and by high school, I was all-state, and by, I'm not, I'm just, this is because of mom, not me, um, and God's grace. At a certain point in time, I became a Division I college baseball player, and when I finished that, I decided I still hadn't had enough, so I've been coaching for 31 years, and I gotta say, possibly, that might have been different, had that voice of influence and grace not do what it did to lift me up when I was six years old. So you never know what kind of influence you might be having. Uh, 1 John 3.18 says those voices of influence are not always words, they can be actions too. And another great influence on me was uh, some authors that I've, that I've uh, read, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, Peter Marshall, some of those folks. And Peter Marshall tells the story of a keeper of the springs. Some of you may have heard, and it was, uh, uh, a man who lived high in the hills above this town and springs came up from the hills that flowed down into the town that helped the town survive through the mill wheels and the factories, through the river that ran through it as a drinking supply and there was swans on the uh, ponds and children played on the, the banks and the mill wheels turned. And what he would do is he would take all the silt and the mud and the mold and anything that was clogging the springs at the top of the mountain and he would clean it every day so the water that went down was pure. But the town council met and the town council decided that that little salary he got that was very small, they couldn't afford it anymore. So they quit paying the keeper of the springs and told him they didn't need him anymore. And pretty soon after that, the water started having a little slime to it. And the mill wheels slowed down because, of, because they were getting clogged up. The children began to get sick, and the swans flew off and went to another pond somewhere else. The town council met again, realized they had messed up, rehired the keeper of the springs, and immediately he went back to his work. And very soon after, the water began to flow pure. I wonder about keeper of the springs in our society today. These voices of influence, whether by words or by actions, help keep our next generation pure by filtering out all the things that they're exposed to, by being voices of influence that can be positive. We need, the world needs more people who are, well, put it this way, we have plenty of people who are popular. We need more people who are pure. The world has plenty of people who are uppity. We need more people who are upright. The world has plenty of people who are brilliant. We need people who are brave. We need people who will use words of influence that won't be so concerned with being politically correct, but they'll be more concerned with being morally right. These are the keeper of the springs of today, and these are the voices of influence we need. Your sphere of influence might be a person next door, it might be a coach, it might be a teacher, it might be a family member, but everybody has a sphere of influence where your voice can be heard. If you're eight years old, then there's a five-year-old looking up to you. If you're 88, then for the rest of us who aren't 88, we need your wisdom. We need to know what you've conquered, what you've survived. We need your voice of influence. We need voices of influence 
to teach our boys to be men and our girls to be women. We need voices of influence that are godly. We need voices of influence that are positive. So as I close, I will say this. My prayer for each of you is that you will be a keeper of the springs, that you will be a voice of grace that lifts people up, and that you will be a positive voice of influence for a world that so needs it. And all God's children said, Do you know how much we appreciate them being with us this morning? <clears throat> Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I just want to close with a very short challenge and then we're going to sing a, sing a hymn and, and close in, in um, closing prayer. But um, as we go throughout the school year, all of us know how hectic those of you who have children or grandchildren involved in education, I mean, it's, it's home late some days, it's up early, it's dealing with everything you need to deal with and be back at school ready to go with, again, where's Julie, with that pencil at 8 a.m. And at times, if we're not careful, we can do all of this day after day, week after week, and only hear the voice of our parents, our teachers, our coaches, and maybe we haven't taken time to listen to that voice that matters most of all, that voice that speaks into our lives, that says about going back to that verse in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I just wanna encourage all of us, uh, whether you're involved in the school system or not, are you, are we taking time each day, whether it's in the mornings or in the evenings, to just be still and to put all those other voices, to go against everything that's been said today, to put all those other voices to the side and listen to the one voice that we need to hear from each and every day. And my hope and prayer is that you have some time in your life, in your daily schedule, make some time. Maybe that means getting up a few minutes early. It may mean just making sure the homework and everything else is done, guys, before you go to bed. And the last thing you do before you put your, the last thoughts, that things that you put into your head before you go to bed is maybe you read some scripture and talk to God before you do that. But how important, it's so important to hear the voice of God in our lives. Julie and Rusty, thank you both so much. You both hit things head on uh, in ways that we can get involved, not only in our local school system, but just in, the, in, our, in our daily lives. And so thank each of you so much for, for sharing what you did. We're gonna stand and sing a, a closing hymn. The hymn will be, Teach Me, Lord, Teach Me, O Lord, I Pray. And I wanna in, invite each of you, maybe you've uh, never, maybe the voice of the Lord is speaking to you this morning and that response needs to take place. Uh, maybe there in the pew or maybe you need to come down, I'd be happy to talk with you about what it means to follow Christ and what it means to listen to his voice on a daily basis. Uh, if you're here today and you desire church membership, we'd also like to, to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing together.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Take a moment to speak to someone before you leave today. Julie and Rusty, if you'll hang out down here. And then Chris and Sarah, if you'll be down front here as well. God bless you. Have a great day. If you guys will just hang